You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Before we kick off today, I would just like to invite you to check out another podcast for anyone wanting to grow their agency. It's called Freelance to Founder, and it features coaching calls with freelancers and founders who have hit roadblocks and need help to get to the next level. They'd cover all types of stuff, including charging what you're worth, becoming a CEO, bottlenecking in your business, uh, making the best hires, and a whole bunch more. I really like the format of their show. If you would like to check it out, there are new episodes every Thursday, and you can visit freelance2founder, that's tofounder.com, or just search freelance to founder in your favorite podcast player. All right, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 104 with Martin Huntbatch. Martin, thanks for joining me, man. Hey, buddy. No, it's amazing. Finally got a chance to jump onto your amazing VIP podcast. <laughs> oh, so VIP. Here. Yeah, we're like very <laughs> exclusive here. Um, you know, I definitely don't just take anyone who e- emails me on. Um, no, really, I don't actually. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of outreach that you get as a podcast host is kind of crazy. But um, yeah, you know, I love on. having my friends on like you. Um, it is ridiculous that we've waited this long to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But look, for those pe- listening, we are going to be talking about driving content, uh, driving traffic to your agency with content. Um, Martin is basically the king of content. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I just did a little, yeah, yeah a little <laughs> promotion with uh, Martin. I, I shared your little content course that in um, your little content creators planner that you released only recently, right? Yeah. Last week. No, I yeah. really appreciate you sharing that. It was, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been great to, see some great feedback yeah Yeah. that's good look i was pretty amazed at the take up like sometimes i share stuff and there'll be crickets you know just the sound of crickets but then sometimes i see people actually loving it and signing up and i was pretty impressed you know like i guess it's hard to say no with how insanely cheap and how good deal how much of a good deal that is um, which I'm sure we'll talk about later in the episode um, if you're wanting to yeah, learn a bit more about content. Let's just uh, keep the podcast going for now and we'll give you all <laughs> the juicy stuff at the end. Uh, Martin, let's start with a little bit about like how you got into content as such a big thing, like a big part of your business and just like your introduction to agency life as well because you run an agency, Jammy Digital as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So Jammy Digital actually, um, it was actually the second agency after we'd kind of made a few mistakes with our first agency. All right. And so we started actually Jammy Digital in 2015 after running a, another local agency um, for a good few years before that. So the, I suppose we started Jammy Digital in order to attract a national audience because the other one was just a local agency. Um but, you know, we enjoyed it. It started off our web design career the same way that most people probably watching this do, which is charge very little for a website and deal with, hmm. you know, sometimes some difficult people, uh, which we were speaking about before before the, we hit record. But it's amazing how much 
you know, although you can charge more and as you as you build up your agency and your experience, you can charge a lot more, um, but you still get inquiries from people who are difficult. And I think our journey into content came because we wanted to, yes, attract more people, but we also wanted to attract better types of people as well. And that's kind of why we've used content to, I suppose, separate the, the weak from the strong in terms of the clients, I suppose. Um, but it came from, you know, the agency started the same way that most agencies do. It's just that that we felt the need to drive more traffic to our website and get more clients. And content initially was that that source. Um, it just changed, I suppose. We pivoted from content to drive leads and sales to content that got us better customers. Yeah, I want to dig into that because I think everyone kind of understands how content can drive traffic and I'm sure we'll get into your strategy around that later on. Um, you know, I know a lot of agencies know they should be doing more content and, but don't, don't make the time for it. So that's something we can dig into as well. But I'd really like to hear about like some, some of the detail around that, like how you use content, not so much to get more clients, but to get better ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's been interesting because we, it was a problem, you know, having too many inquiries is a problem, especially if you're like, cause you don't want to grow your agency to be, you know, eight, 10, 15, 20 people. We always wanted to work from the back room of our house and, and, and keep things small with me and my wife, Lindsay, who also runs the business with me. We didn't want to grow bigger. So that meant that we just had to be extremely particular about the types of clients that we attracted. And um, so rather than creating content where we started, which was all about, you know, how much does it cost for a website? Let's be ranked high up on the on the Google for that. And let's let's drive loads of traffic to to talk about SEO and let's give as many tips away as we can. That content is actually really draining because you've got so much competition out there. Mm. You know, you're competing with people who have been doing it for years, who who people like Neil Patel. Mm-hmm. You know, say what you want about Neil Patel. He knows how to rank high on Google. Um yeah, well, he's got the authority, Very, right? And you are going to be exactly. competing against these guys that have been there for such a long time. And it's mm-hmm. it's a, a long, hard game to outrank. Yeah, you know, I think absolutely. Sometimes with Content Snare, we, we're starting to outrank some some players that have been around for a long time. But, oh, man, like the amount of time we put into SEO to get there, it's just like, is it yeah. even worth it? You know, sometimes it is. It, it just depends on your business. But mm-hmm. so, so exactly. And, the- and if you're a, a one-man band, for instance, and you're trying to rank, like it's it seems unachievable it mm-hmm. does and that's why we found that you know yes get a little bit of that content out there to drive a bit more traffic but then use other types of content to filter people through the inquiries so things like um we got pretty brave with the types of people we didn't want to work with and it just felt that if we were going to be on a phone call with somebody and and they were going to ask questions like okay i need a website building like for next week like, what use is that of my time to have that conversation? What use is that of my time to convince him that he's wrong about the fact that he should have a website within a week? So it just became a process of elimination, really. Um, and, and that's why we decided to create content like seven reasons you shouldn't work with us. You know, things like uh-huh. if you want a website done yesterday. That's a li- literally a blog post that we that we wrote that we have sent to people occasionally when we get an, an air of, uh, you know, is this the right, a red flag maybe? Are they, are they going to be a nightmare? And yes, some people turn out to be great, but some people are just um, misunderstood about it and that content still works for them. So seven reasons you shouldn't work with us. You want it done yesterday and you don't want to do any work. 
you know, you don't want to produce any content. These are conversations that we have day in, day out. Why would you not let your content do the do the protecting for you when you've got when you've got so many projects and client work to be doing? Just let the content fight them. You know, let, let the content be the pawns while you just sit back and just do what you are good at. And that's what we've found really is that when people get in touch with us now, oft, quite often they've, I mean, well, common sense isn't, you do a lot of research before you pick up the phone. Everybody does these days. You, you pick up the phone at the very last thing that you do before hiring somebody. So if people do get through the cracks and they get through, uh, and we have a phrase for this, this is a content fortress. This is something that we've been talking about at, um, you know, Agency Transformation Live, Lee Jackson's event, who I'm sure has been on the podcast before. Um, but we spoke about having a content fortress in order to protect your business from the people who are not the right fit. Um, so, for instance, if someone if someone is not the right fit for you and they read that piece of content or they they don't, they pick up the phone and get through to you and you send them that piece of content to say, we always send a few articles to people before they they work with us just so that they make sure that we're the right fit. We're the right fit for you. So we created this article. It's seven reasons you shouldn't work with us. It goes through a few of the things where in the past we've noticed websites aren't as successful as they might be. And it's because of these things. So we decided to create this helpful article to give you the, the information so that you can make an informed buying decision. Like that's not, we don't want to work with you. That's what people think that blog post is, but it's not. It's very, very you know, as long as you are quite diplomatic about it, you don't just send it off to someone. Seven reasons you shouldn't work with us. Now get away from me. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just saves an awful lot of time. And I know you're massively into uh, saving time with the automation and stuff. And this is our way to automate the fact that we don't want to speak to you on the phone if you're not the right fit. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Like I talk, like you said, I talk about automation and productivity a lot, but still the number one, uh, productivity tip I can give anyone is say, say no, you know, like yeah. <laughs> say no more often. Um, and I guess in a way, this is a diplomatic way of saying no more often. I really love it. You know, like, you know, if you, it's just such a nice way of saying the stuff that could be, could come off a bit rough to people, you know, and especially if you're yeah. wording it really well, because that, that was going to be my next question is how do you get clients to read this? But if it's yeah. like you're literally sending it to them as one of the first things, oh, I love that idea. There's, yeah. there's a big takeaway from this episode straight up because yeah, it's also the, going to position you as like, you know what you're doing. That's the thing, isn't it? It just increases. The headline is the only scary thing about this. People listening, people reading the content, the headline is the only scary thing. When you actually read the content, you know, uh, it, it's a very, very um, empathetic you know, I understand that you want to work. I understand this and I understand that. But these are a few of the reasons. So that leads on to other content as well. So, you know, we recently got an inquiry from someone who was very detail orientated. And we know as agencies, somebody who's very, very pixel by pixel um, a perfectionist, mm. they might not have the right mindset necessarily in order to have a successful website. I care more about the, the color tone and, and, the, and the, the, this font rather than getting the website live and driving more traffic. So that inspired another blog post, which is why your website, um, you know, might fail. And that's a blog post as well. There's also a blog post that we're writing and then it, well, actually we've created this one already, which is um, why we may charge more than we initially said. And in that blog post, for instance, it's all different ways of saying the same thing, which is we know how to build websites. We've done it pretty well for a few years and we're just going to put our content out there in front of us so that you can hopefully 
read between the lines and, and understand that that doesn't matter when you're creating a website, that doesn't matter either. Mm. That's what's going to make it successful. So we've got a lot of the traffic generating content to pull in the leads and then they filter themselves through to the other content as well. And if they don't, we send people um, a good few emails and three emails, depending on the type of inquiry. One of them will be, Here's our, here's our pricing page because we're really transparent about our pricing, which I don't understand why more agencies don't do that. There's plenty of ways you can talk about price to repel the people who are not the right fit for you. Uh, so you don't waste your time. You can talk about we, we the minimum that you charge for a website, although it can go big. This is the minimum that we charge. You can say we generally charge between this number and this number. You know, pricing page itself, having a pricing page, if you're transparent about it, will help you attract more of your ideal clients and repel the ones that are not the right fit. Mm. And we, te- we send people the entire process from start to finish. We created a 31-step process a-, a few years ago, which has completely changed now, but we still send it to people because it shows people the level of um, effort that goes into creating a website like that. That will stop people saying, but I need it done yesterday. You know, when they see that and they consume that content, they're like, okay, this agency is a little bit different. And that combined with a tool, you know, when it, when it comes to proposals, like better proposals, for instance, it just works so well together. It's just that that before you work with them, you're just increasing this overall expert level, I think. And it just it just means that people who do get in touch don't waste my time. They just don't. Um, and it just this. helps it's, having that focus. Absolutely. And like what I love the most about this is this just almost all of this comes into under the umbrella of setting expectations. Right, because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. clients come in and they might expect that a website shouldn't cost that this much or whatever, or that you know they're gonna be able to nitpick on the design, or you know that they don't, they might not understand that they need to write content. Because that's a, a big thing I'm talking about all the time with content snare is setting expectations up front that they're gonna need to write the content if that's what you do, um, you know, and that's basically what all of this is. And and some people will try to do all of that in the proposal. Right, so it's like, yeah, you've you've talked to the person, you've probably spoken about price already on the phone, and you send them this proposal, which ha- tries to cram all of this information into one thing that yeah. most of them aren't gonna like. They're not gonna read most of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really love this idea of putting them through this like sort of funnel or journey where they are reading all the the things that they have to know before working with you, and mm. like, oh man, this this is great. Do you? find you get a lot of pushback on some of the things you share like or do clients just they read something and then not contact you again you know and that's how you know you've done a good filtration job exactly yeah i mean we have people that that contact us um who read a traffic generating post like reasons you're not ranking in google and how to fix it they think oh great these people are going to help me rank in google and then they get in touch and then they're like um, I've got a rubbish agency now, I want to work with you. And those people can actually be quite difficult to get the point across because they really want to work with you. And, and this is interesting, actually, in the book, which we, um, we we call Content Fortress. That's the title. I know we've already spoke about that. We talk about that kind of um, person being what we call a Trojan horse, which is they insert themselves into your funnel and they get in touch with you in order to work with you. And they in a lot of ways, they fall in love with you a little bit because they're like, I love these people. And we try to have our brand and this can happen with any agency. People can read a piece of content. They can get to know you, get your tone of voice. And then they're like, right, I really want to work with you. And they still might not be the right fit. You know, you may take them on as a client and they're like, yeah, whatever you say, I'm going to sign up. The price is perfect. This is all wonderful. I just want to work with you guys. 
And then as soon as you take them on as a client, they may seem amazing, but as soon as you take them on as a client, that's where you need to be careful. Because if you if you let your processes, you know, lapse, like if they're not there and these people are desperate to work with you, it's an ego thing. Well, great, these people are begging to work with us. Let's sign them up quick. Don't even send them a proposal, send them an invoice. But if your processes aren't there, then it can get really messy. I've definitely been in that position, by the way. I just like to, yeah. to note that I'm at some of my very first clients were like that. You know, they during the meetings, I, I rate myself as a pretty good judge of character. Like, I, I don't know if that's everyone thinks they're a good judge of character or not, but like, I don't know. I feel like I'm right most of the time when I judge someone based on the initial meeting, right? Once you, you, you know, you get yeah. that tone of voice and some communication, you kind of work it out. And I had a couple that still got through and they seemed like they were going to be amazing clients and then it just imploded, right? <laughs> Definitely been there. Trojan horse, happens, I love that term. It happens with, um, we took on a, a friend as a client, really close friend in the, in the marketing space, obviously. Mm. Um, and he always said, whenever I want to get a website, I want to work with you guys. Um, and we were, you know, we were so friendly. It's so casual that processes didn't, stand up you know it wasn't the same it was like we communicated over slack in a community that we're part of we didn't communicate via email which automatically changed the dynamic of the conversation Um, and that's one thing i'd I'd like everyone to be aware of is that that dealing with friends is great as long as you don't treat them as friends throughout the process that's the important Mm -hmm. thing and again it's difficult going from hey buddy how's how's the missus to by the way just just so that you're 100 clear i know that we're friends and everything but there's a particular way that we build websites. There's a particular way we communicate with clients. And, and when we do that, we're going to do it over email just so that I don't get confused. And I know this is for social and this is for that, but let's just keep, and, and you keep your processes and say, I know you've probably seen this piece of content before, but we always send it to people just in case 31 steps and how we build a successful website. And you can always get around it. I just wish that, you know, we'd have done that because it would have made things a lot, yeah. a lot easier. Um, but we're still friends, so that's good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, working with friends is always a uh, you know, treacherous, yeah. uh, potentially treacherous <laughs> path. Um, so just on that email there where you say, yeah, you send them the 31-step, you know, how we build a website post, what, what do you ask of them to just reply back and acknowledge that they've read it? Like what's the next Gen- step? Generally, the reason that we send that is because someone might get in touch who we've not connected to in the past and they've consumed some of our content and they want to work with us and they get in touch and they say, hi, can I have a call with you about a project? That's what they say because they know we do everything online. Maybe they've read a piece of content that says we're not not going to meet you face to face. And then they're like, can we book a Zoom call with you? Now, that for me, again, is a problem. I don't want to waste time. I have this just this this. We always say the same thing, which is, which is, no, not until you read our content, but we have to put it a particular way. So it usually says, was, that's great. We'll book a call. We can talk about a time and the place for works for you. Before we do that, it might be helpful for you to read these three pieces of content. One of these is our pricing page so that you're not, not, there's no surprises when we do speak. Uh, the other one is a 31-step process. And, and the other one um, might change interchangeably depending on what we think they are they're getting in touch and saying, I've got a budget of 500 pounds, I want to book a call with you, then we may say reasons you shouldn't work with us. And But if they're really interested in working with us, we may say why your website might fail. 
you know there's, there's it's interchangeable really and right, it depends okay. on circumstances but we always say the same thing which is before we get to the call i just want to make sure we don't waste your time here are three important articles i really want you to let me know if you've not got a chance to ring you know if, if you're really brave and you want to say this person is definitely not the right fit <laughs> you can say let me know if you've not a chance to um to check out these articles and we can possibly rearrange the call until you have you know that's something that's that's scary but it's just through through uh, testing i suppose and what works but we we this is i suppose the results from all of this um are things like 90 percent of our proposals go ahead you know because of this filtering process and mm-hmm. um, we've increased our prices by just a ridiculous amount because of the i suppose it's due to demand but because we've as you create content you start to understand how much that you know that other people might not and i think that's one of the issues with with agencies is that when you when you're just out there and you talk and you're taking on clients and you're doing the logo you're doing the design you're doing the website you're just doing the job when you actually start talking about it and educating people more you realize that people are like wow this person really knows what they're talking about and that has so many internal benefits as well of i i do know what i'm talking about i should my I'm, i'm i should be charging more I'm getting more traffic. I'm getting more inquiries anyway. And we always say, you know, double your prices if you're too busy. It, it just, it, it, it spiraled, I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah, we get 10 times more traffic because of that. But that's not a big, you know, that's not because of the content that we've put in. It, it, it literally just went from hundreds to thousands within the space of 12 months. I and mean, it's continued to rise since then. So there's so many benefits that have come out of it but more than anything it's just about saying yes when you want to say yes and saying no when you want to say no i suppose again the the biggest productivity tip you can give anyone is the word no i love it yeah uh so i guess i'd like to quickly touch on some of the traffic generating content because it sounds like that's where most of your clients come from is that right or is there a lot of word of mouth stuff too well i think i think community you know being um around we always we always say the two the two biggest things that that grew our business was content and community mm-hmm. uh, having the content to produce and having somewhere to distribute it or talk about it or show your level of experience and authority mm-hmm. really does work and so we were actually part of a membership community it wasn't our membership community but we were part of another one that had things like content challenges and um we were able to share it and people asked us about it and you distribute your content out there without a spam without a spammy kind of method and it it just really helped people started to pick it up people started to share it and so yes but by all means if you just want to sit there in a room and just produce content for everybody for and, and do it you can do but it's nice to have a community to bounce ideas off and show people that you are an expert that might be um, I don't know, a, a membership community, a part of a paid membership, a free membership. I don't know. But that helped us having a group of people that would be like, oh, those guys, I knew that they were web designers, but actually they really know the stuff. And you can find those little pockets of people everywhere. It's just about coming from a helpful standpoint rather than a selling standpoint, I suppose. Yeah. And that's a massive actually, because I am a member of many different communities, like several paid ones, as well as, you know, several free ones. Uh, I mean, lots of free ones on Facebook, I guess. But, you know, I feel like almost every group has a go-to or a couple of go-to web developers, you know, like that mm-hmm. have been there for a long time, built the relationships, know the people that run the community, help the people in the community, like 
help the person that runs the community look good, you know, and then they become the go-to person that get a lot of referrals through that. And I've mm -hmm. seen that like every group seems to have, you know, a handful of people uh, in it that, mm -hmm. that fit that criteria and, and yeah. do very well out of it. Yeah, they do. Um, but, but obviously you can't rely on that group of people. We always say don't referrals could be, you know, quite damaging if you're only relying on referrals, not just because they dry up and you can't control them, but again, you build an army of Trojan horses potentially <laughs> because they all love you so much that they just want to work with you and then might not be the right fit. So again, that's why sometimes it's nice to attract lots of cold leads who, who you know, have never spoken to you before using the, the traffic generating content. So we, um, I, I suppose the, the most helpful articles, the big kind of two or 3,000 word articles about SEO and about uh, keyword ranking tools and all that kind of stuff, that does help drive a lot of traffic to our website. But quite often, it's it's just thin, like the, the, the relationship that they have with you and their consumer piece of content like that is like, okay, it's helpful, great, what next? So you can't like, kind of let your, your funnels and your content upgrades go. They'll, those have to be there. Um, but we, yeah, we do get a lot of inquiries from those people. The other thing as well is, I suppose it's just about um, being open and honest and transparent. I think that's the most important thing for us. So having pricing on our website is really important. We write a lot of articles about pricing and how much we charge. And and, and I suppose that's a Google term that people charge. You know, how much does it cost for a website? Mm -hmm. There's articles like that. So there's a very, there is a, there's kind of like a gray area here of traffic generating content that also answers questions that you that you can help with so yes how to rank on google or why you're not ranking in google and how to fix it is is kind of highly traffic generating content and then you've got content is why you shouldn't work with us it is extremely customer one-to-one -one focused mm -hmm. but there is a middle ground where you start talking about pricing and how to hire an agency without getting screwed over that's kind of the gray area which does generate some traffic but also it does convert people to that stage of getting in touch as well and that's why traffic generating content by itself is just not is not going to cut it um, and that's what unfortunately what so many people make the mistake that people make is i'm just going to create the best post ever and then i'm going to move on to the next one it's going to be the best post ever and we've just found having a nice mix of content really really works throughout the entire funnel rather than just having those those thin really in-depth blog posts that are ranked high up on google that drive a ton of traffic like, how is that going to impact your business? Yes, it helps, but you can't be without the other kinds of content as well. Yeah. And what I'd like to just point out is it sounds like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like there's only a handful of articles really that you're mm -hmm. using as that fortress. You know, you, it sounds like there's at least maybe two or three major ones that come in that you use most of the time. Is that right? Yeah, I think, um, I think those weren't the articles, though, that we started with. The article, the best articles that you can create are when you get off the phone call with somebody. You know, you get off a phone call with them and they're like, I need to create a piece of content to answer that. I've answered that three times this week. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that, so when you sit down and you think I'm going to write loads of content just off the top of my head and you start to create it, you know, those are helpful, but actually the best ones come from the day-to-day -day frustrations and the questions that people are asking you constantly. Those are the articles that I use all the time, I find. It's the ones that come from the, frustrating phone calls where you've just wasted half an hour with the wrong type of client and it's like right i need to create a piece of content now in order to prevent that from happening again so they have changed over time but yes currently we use those same 
three yeah. or four pieces of content interchangeably. Yeah, and that's why I just wanted to sort of mention that because this it might sound like a ton of work to build up all this content, but you know, if you're looking at it and going, "Oh, we only need two or three to start to really get this going," then that's a a much like lower barrier to entry if, if people exactly. listening to this going, "Oh, this sounds it's like true. a lot of work." Yeah, and it's true that very first post when we committed to this back in 2017 very first post that we created was how much does it cost to build a website um which you know we talk about a lot in this course that you were mentioning at the start which is um creating i suppose blog posts around the common questions that you get so you can't go wrong if you start there but we've just found that that different articles work and we've not got hundreds of articles i don't want people thinking that you have to create hundreds of articles we've not we've just created very unique pieces of content and nothing's fluff nothing's filler We've never once added a blog post to our website since we started our content journey that says we've taken on a new client or we've won an award or check out our new team member. You know, it's just like it's not it's not helpful content. Get rid of all of that. Just because you people are saying that you need to be producing content doesn't mean you need to produce that content. Wait, you know, take two weeks or three weeks to produce a decent piece of content rather than producing it every other day just just because someone said you have to once. Yeah, we, we've definitely been down that road and, and, you know, hired, I guess, a content agency, SEO agency to do a bunch of SEO related content. And uh, <laughs> of no surprises that it's all the content that I'm the least proud of on our site. You know, it wasn't like <laughs> well thought out detailed stuff that I, I yeah. really want that I'm proud to share with people. It's stuff that's just there for keywords. And I, yeah. I think, yeah, you really want shareable content, um, you know, as well as the keyword driven stuff. Um yeah, so a couple of things you mentioned there that you help with people, you can help people is the book, Content Fortress, and your course. Can we just talk about those quickly? Where can people go to find the book and, and what can they expect to learn? So contentfortress.com is where they can pre-order the book. It's due out September. Um, so that came from, you know, yes, you need more traffic generating content, but this book is about how to attract better clients and how to repel the, the, the bad apples and, you know, repel the people that you don't want to work with. So that's kind of where it come from. And the idea in the book is very straightforward, loads of examples and loads of research as well to back it up, which is I, I always find that it's nice if you can add the research to prove your point. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but it's nice to, to say that, look, people also struggle with this. This is affecting the world out there. It's not just you. Here's some data to prove it but ultimately it's just a book that we've broken down into eight pillars so eight pillars of the different types of content that you can create in order to either attract better clients that you want who might not know that you're the right fit for them and to repel the people that are not the right fit so we break down eight different types of content and show you examples of it and so yeah it's a really fun book to write because everything that I'm talking about that now that I'm getting really animated about is in the book things like Trojan horse and you know it's it's there's just so much confusion out there people just think I just need more leads and more inquiries no you don't nobody needs more they just need better Um, everybody wants to work with higher paying uh, less aggro clients and um, but there's not an awful lot of content out there that teaches them and this is from our research as well we honestly couldn't find many books out there that that are talking about how to use content, not only to protect your business and your time, but also mental health. Every single agency mm -hmm. in the world has had that stressful client that they've lost, lost, lost sleep over. 
and that difficult phone call that you've got with that client at 4 p.m. that you've wasted the entire day worrying about. Oh, yes. And, and following six hours into your evening, just just dreading that you didn't say that thing back to them and, and you, 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 you kind of met annoyed with yourself that, that this went so wrong and it's just so difficult. And I think that's why we wanted to create this book because it does impact people mentally. Um, I have spoken about um, issues that I've had in the past as well because of clients, because I was working myself to the bone to please everybody. And it's just a lot, a lot better now, I suppose. And so that's what the book's about, Content Fortress. And how does that differ than your course? What's in the the content planning toolkit? Toolkit. Yeah. So the course is kind of um, our way of teaching people what we've done in a way that drives leads and sales. So it's kind of once for one thing, once for the other. So leads and sales needs to happen in order to get better clients. You can't just wake up one morning and say, I've got no clients. I'm going to read Content Fortress and hope for the best, although you will get results from it personally that we want to create a, n- a number of products that help people at the different stages that they're at. Mm-hmm. So if they're at the stage where they're like, I really have created a couple of blog posts and they were a bit sketchy, I'd really like to commit to it. So the toolkit just gives people a very, very simple, straightforward way for them to create content fast. And um, so we've got things like checklists in there, got things like examples, like you can very easily create, it's going to sound scary, but over 500 pieces of content just using a tool that we've got in there very, very, it's like a fill in the blanks and you give yourself a title for all of these different kind, kinds of content. Um, so no, and I love that because, I mean, that's one of the biggest things is people sort of struggle to come up with ideas for content and what, what should they write about? And now you've got no excuse. Um, so where can people go to find out uh, the course and the toolkit? Um, well, I think you've got a, a, a special link coming here. So uh, sure I do. I'll, I'll link it up uh, in the <laughs> podcast, but um, that'll be it. Um, yeah, season it's called... Up. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. just go to contentplanningtoolkit.com. I don't need the <laughs> affiliate kickback from it. It's just ridiculously cheap and such good value. I know a bunch of friends have picked it up already and have uh, have been singing praises. So, yeah, I would recommend you go go over to contentplanningtoolkit.com and check that out. Yeah, and, we just um, didn't want didn't want it to be a, a barrier. That's the thing. We want people to know about content and give themselves the best chance and we just didn't want price to be an issue. So Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's uh that's a pretty clear benefit there. It's a very 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 cheap price. So Martin, um mate, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. Like there's been so much gold in there for agencies that they can I don't know, man. This is it's just been so helpful. It's it's one of these episodes, one of these interviews where someone brings a brings a unique perspective. Like we have so much about marketing and sales and that, but we've never ever talked about using content to protect uh, your mental sanity, <laughs> basically. So thank you for bringing coming to me with this awesome idea. Oh, I loved it, mate. I loved it. And thanks so much for having me. Even though we're in different time zones, nothing will keep us apart, Jimmy. <laughs> mate, it's it's sad because I was supposed to see you, what, like two months ago for Lee Jackson's event, uh, but obviously did not happen. Hopefully next year it will. Um, at this rate, I'm not even hopeful anymore. <laughs> the way the world's going. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, Martin. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much, buddy. Bye. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.